Hello and welcome to Runway Girl Network In Conversation, a deep dive into aviation and the passenger experience. I'm RGN Deputy Editor John Walton and today we have something a little different for you. I'm in conversation with Dan Kerrison, Vice President of In-Flight Product at Fly Dubai. But rather than sit down in a studio, I thought we'd test out the new quieter Boeing 737 MAX 8, Fly Dubai's latest aircraft, by recording the podcast on board. Before we get started... Thanks to our sponsor, Bolteron, a Simona company, purveyor of high-performance thermoplastics for tomorrow's aircraft interiors. With new and groundbreaking innovation in design capabilities, Bolteron offers airlines the ability to customise the cabin with lightweight materials with metallic effects, translucent decorative panels with unique embedded patterns, dynamic textures, vibrant pearlescence, and much more. Learn more at boltaron.com. Sitting in row 3 on board Fly Dubai's 737 MAX 8, I knew the MAX was quieter than previous aircraft, but you can listen for yourself now, with this on-the-fly recording, using just the ambient microphone of an iPhone 7 Plus. I haven't changed the sound quality at all, so you can hear how the background hum of the aircraft changes, bells, announcements and all, during this edited version of my 80-minute conversation with Dan Garrison. I started off by asking Dan what the airline's brief was to its partners, JPA Design and Thompson Aero Seating, for the MAX. So we came to a realization when we um, when we were beginning to develop the cabin that um, that the airline had evolved so much in such a short period of time since we launched in 2009 um, uh, that we really need to make a step change in the cabin to reflect the um, evolution, um, let's say perhaps maturity of the brand. Um, we launched in 2009 as, as Dubai's low-cost carrier, 189 seats, all economy, uh, Recaro BL3710, you know, basic line uh, seat, buy on board product, uh, uh, no IFE, no connectivity and so on. And then very quickly over, over a short period of time, uh, it was 2009 we launched, 2010 we introduced it Planet Entertainment, 2013 we introduced Business Class, um, lounges, you know, the, the, the whole product has evolved very quickly, and um, and uh, we thought that that we needed the cabin to better reflect the you know, I, I think maturity is a good word, or even sophistication of the brand. It, it's 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 not a luxury brand, but it's a it's it's a, it's grown up uh, since two thousand and nine, and it was important for us to use the Max as an opportunity to really wrap everything up it was such a great opportunity with a brand new airplane type very few airlines i think very few airlines have the luxury of of looking at the entire fleet if you like because you know, most uh, many airlines have multiple aircraft types and so on we have one it's a 737 so the max is the next generation is the next generation of, of, of that airplane all about future deliveries and max airplanes so we said, you know what, this is going to be uniform across all the future fleet. We're not going to look at business class in isolation. We're not going to look at it one aircraft type or variant in isolation. We're looking at everything. And you know, while in the past I had developed the cabin um, with with uh, you know, a small team, essentially the CEO, Gaither, Gaither and myself, um, we developed the German seat, for example. You know, it's like, okay, well, let's you know, we have the launch custom for that seat. Um, we saw a concept in Hamburg one year, and we said, you know what, we like that. You know, let's let's see what we can do with it. Yeah. They're, and they were very easy to work with. We 
we had a lot of ability to affect change in that seat design to, to best suit our customers, but it was me and Gates, and we're not cabin interior designers. Um, I think, you know, looking back, we did, we did a pretty good job. I mean, the, the existing NG fleet looks quite respectable, um, but we really, you know, we really needed to reinvent this thing, and, and that's why we brought JPA in um, to look at it more holistically. And so the brief was around. You know, we we um, we were starting this program program in parallel to the new cabin crew uniform program or, or staff uniform program, pilots, cabin crew, ground staff, and so on, engineers. Um, and so we wanted. You know, that, that was was a similar brief uh, done little ahead of the cabin brief um, but they they went hand in hand so part of JPA's brief was okay we need to create a, a backdrop in which our crew in the new uniforms um, can shine rather than uh, and we don't want to uh, we don't want to compete with the uniform uh, we want the cabin to, to be an environment in which the uniform looks terrific and the crew look terrific um, the we went through a pretty extensive immersion exercise with the JPA. We brought them out to Dubai, um, and they spent a lot of time interviewing people right across the business, from engineering, uh, HR, cabin crew, uh, the PR team, the, uh, the finance team, everyone. Of course, they spent time with the senior leadership team. Um, they flew across the network on various different um, routes. Uh, we have a very diverse network, and so when developing a cabin interior or, or, or any kind of or any element of the in-flight product um, it's quite challenging to cater to the diversity of the network we operate in or region we operate in we have huge diversity in, in, in culture religion um, socio-economic conditions so we sent JPA off to you know, all different corners of the network just to see the, uh, what our passenger profile was like um, and we had them spend quite a lot of time in Dubai too trying to understand what is what's Dubai about what is Dubai about today what's the history of Dubai and where is it going in the future um, we are you know, we, we do represent Dubai we're owned by the government of Dubai and we're proud to uh, to, to be to be at the airline bring people in from from that four five six hour radius into Dubai um, so it's important that that our brand reflects the spirit of, of, of Dubai today, and we think Dubai is a very modern city with, with, with great um, cultural heritage and history, um, going from a from, from uh, such a small, und, un, undeveloped country or city um, as recently as 50 years ago to what it is today, um, and the pace of, of, of evolution of our airline has been kind of somehow aligned with that. So we, so yeah, we, with JPA, we, we, we took them out into Dubai, looked at the architecture. We went to the old city, went to the new city. We went to, um, uh, we, we ate all over the place. We did big bus tours. We just it was full immersion, um, not just in, in our organisation, but in the city of Dubai. And and you know, they came away from that and put together a, a number of concepts for the cabin. Um, and we. You know, again, this process, of the project was kind of managed internally by a very small group, myself and, and Gates, essentially, um, and we, we both placed a huge amount of trust in JPA. We decided, you know what, this is not our area of expertise, 
went through a process to select the design consultancy we felt we could work well with, JPA was successful, and at that point we, we turned over complete trust and said, you know what, even if we think you know, we, we like this, you guys are the experts, you, you know, and, and, and they were, you know, a great deal of respect for the decisions that they made, but they were always options um, for us to select from, and we were generally aligned in, in, in what JPA preferred and what we preferred. Um, but the uh, the end result is something something we're, we're extremely proud of. They've done everything in the cabin. There's nothing nothing in the cabin um, that's in the NG cabin, the exception of the sidewall panels, which are changing uh, with the October airplane. Everything has changed. The laminates, the, the curtains, carpets, emergency exit lighting, of course the seating, all of the materials, um, lighting. What you saw today in terms of the serviceware is the old product, but that's um, being changed to, to work in with this cabin, um, all, again with JPA, from, from coasters to glassware and cutlery and napkins and so on, linen. Um, so that'll come online in probably March or April. Um, blankets, pillows will change too. Today, again, what you see today is the old product. So the whole thing, um, boarding music, Again, is not on board today, but will be in, in March. It's all been designed together to work beautifully and to work um, in harmony with the new uniform yeah. and the direction of the brand going forward. In terms of the soft product changes, did you think sort of consciously, okay, we're going to install the new hard product with the old soft product to, to lessen the sort of big bang change process? Is that part of your thinking? It's more about. Um, more about getting the soft product right uh, rather than, than and trying to have it in place from day one. Um, we were close and when we had prototype material at the Dubai Air Show and we unveiled the airplane, well, we had enough, uh, enough of everything to, to kind of reveal it um, at that event. But, uh, but in terms of the design process, um, sampling process, make a ship set of seats you can develop a ship set of seats faster than you can a range of glassware and, and, uh, and cutlery and crockery and so on and blankets so yes it's uh, we would have loved to have it all at the same time um, but we'll be you know it, it's not far away and, and, and it just adds a, a, a little bit more refinement to the product when, yeah. when it all works together. Uh, tell me what some of those aspects are, those new soft product aspects that, that are going to zhuzh up the experience, is it there? Well, uh, the, the, the trace setting itself is changing. All of the materials that you had in front of you for the meal is changing. Um, we have more capacity in the galley, a little bit, not a great deal, but... Um, in order to accommodate the footwells in the front row, there's an additional monument closet um, between the galley and, and, and the front of the cabin. So we're using that for additional standard unit stowage, mm -hmm. which gives us uh, eight additional standard units, which is the equivalent of something like one and a half cards. So that means that we don't need to be putting everything down for the customer in one go and, and having them uh, eat the meal. So the service, you know, the, the dessert for set, for example, or, or cheese can come later. We'll have more glassware, so the glass, the wine glass that you drank from today is quite small. Um, uh, uh, we'll, we'll be going to a much larger wine glass. Um, so the additional space, yes, 
there's a row less of economy class seats um, but we need this for the, the we need the uh, footprint for the footwell so we were able to to, use, to utilize the rest of those monuments rather than having kind of ottomans to make it a full height monument put additional catering equipment in there so that the service can be enhanced a little bit you know six seven hour flights uh, yeah. we'll, we'll take as much galaxy space as we can um, so we'll see uh, a very kind of I would, I would call a luxurious uh, blanket coming in um, that again works well with, with all of the materials here um, the amenity kit is in development too, which will be available on um, on the longer flights, uh, flights that are, that, are, that are appropriate for a flatbed product, yeah. but, but not across. But what, what's your hour cut off for the amenity kits? Have you decided that yet? We have not uh, drawn a line in the sand, but the, the feeling is that it's around three and a half to four hours. Uh, uh, there's still a. We've been developing two products: a short haul and a long haul product, and uh, without having nail down uh, a decision to proceed with one or both but certainly the long haul maybe uh, not the short haul um, and so yeah where, where that falls in we think that not just in terms of amenities but in terms of the entire product um, what we offer across our network on flights you know with a flight an average stage length of around two and a half hours considerably more than you'll find in, in just about any other region in the world on a, yeah. on a, on a similar type of carrier um, so at the same time we maintain our low cost kind of um, uh, heritage is still part of our DNA we, 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 we don't refer to ourselves as a low cost airline um, but uh, we, we've evolved beyond that considerably but we're still extremely cost conscious um, and internally we consider ourselves to be low cost so every every decision that we make in terms of product has to there has to be a return for that and we're not just going to be going to start throwing money at, at, at product um, to uh, compete or, or try and outshine others you know this is we are floated by it needs to make sense in the context of, of, of where we've come as a brand and needs to be something that's functional and, and that there's a purpose for it and, and you know do you need a pair of socks on a flight that's two hours probably not um, yeah. so let's let's not waste money on that the amount of amenity kit bags that I've collected I'm sure you collect too it's like yeah. my god what I have an is. entire cupboard full of them oh, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. do I which I'm perpetually cleaning out but it's yeah. filling up just quickly and that's just, you know, it's just landfill that's unnecessary. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, though, sort of looking at the, um, the way that soft product is evolving over, I guess what we're calling sort of the new mid-haul, the, the, the Max and the Neo, of course, uh, enable. How do you position to customers, I guess, the expectation that, you know, what has evolved from a low-cost carrier to a fuller-service carrier and, look, I mean, is now with... Full Zodiac Grave in-flight entertainment and flatbed seats that are the rival of many long-haul carriers. Um, I mean, I'd rather fly in these Thompson Vantage seats than on Emirates' Triple Sevens, for example. Sure. Um, how do you evolve your brand positioning to explain the premium offering in particular? 
You know, I think that uh, that you've answered it almost, and it, you almost answered your own question, and that you know, we, we, we these airplanes are flying longer, further, um, and as our network has developed, um, we, we are we're beginning to connect a lot more passengers. Um, uh, if you're flying from a place like Bucharest, for example, you could be flying from Bucharest to Bangkok. Um, you could be spending upwards of 14 hours with Fly Dubai, and so you know, between the, the first sector, some transit time, lounge time, and then on to Bangkok, that's 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 like flying to New York or, 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 or even uh, LA from Dubai. So. We rec- we've recognised that, um, that there is a requirement for us to uh, to to increase or increase the level of comfort, let's say, um, on board, and that's that's where we arrived at the decision to to introduce these flatbed seats in business class. Similarly, in economy class, the product is you know, the seat we're flying in economy class is a Recaro CL3710. That's a seat that normally you'd find on. On a wide-bodied, long-haul airplane, it's, you know, it's not a not a seat that was intended to fly on narrow-bodied airplanes. It has uh, it offers more living space. It's not it's not not one of these slimline, low-cost carrier, lightweight types of seats. But in terms of living space, it's the car have designed the seat cleverly enough that in fact it offers our customers even more living space than the BL thirty-five ten that we have on the existing NG. About an inch of additional knee clearance, uh, shin clearance, and, and distance from the eye to the screen. <coughs> it has an articulated seat pan. It has an additional inch of, of recline, um, and so again, uh, and, and it has this uh, amazing six-way kind of uh, leather headrest. Um, so it's that's a that's a you, you mentioned earlier. You'd rather fly on this business class seat than than. But that of other airlines, uh, I would argue that the same would be true of, of the seat we have in the back. It's a very, very comfortable seat. So this is really part of our commitment to um, to provide our customers with with with, with a level of comfort that uh, is appropriate for the for the for the way our network has evolved to be, you know, not just point to point short haul flying, but potentially up to 14 hours. Now this project to, to reinvent the flight of my cabin began uh, well before we began to forge this relationship with, or this closer relationship with Emirates. Um, but it has turned out to be quite, quite, uh, quite timely because you, you could be connecting on from today's four-hour four flight, four-and-a-half-hour flight from Bucharest to Dubai. You could be then connecting on to. A 14-hour flight to Australia, for example. Um, so we, we'd like for that for the consistency of the product, or the product to be aligned as <coughs> as closely as possible. <coughs> and this product in business, as well as that that in economy, uh, answer the brief. Mm-hmm. Are you planning to see any <coughs> um, closer, um, let's say, synergies with your work with Emirates? I mean, uh, a Line soft products, for example, or um, content that can be um, shared for the IFE system, for example. I mean, you know, for example, yeah, Emirates has that um, oh, fantastic uh, series of um, potted guides, bits of musical history, 
now an hour of someone knowledgeable talking about the Baroque era and playing you some interesting music, for example. Is that something that, that, that is, is a potential part of the closer working with Emirates? Something that we that we certainly will look at. There's no a reason why we could not look at that. We we have made a conscious decision that with the two airlines will be managed independently. They'll maintain their own brands. Uh, Emirates, of course, has <coughs> is probably one of the most recognisable brands in the world. Um, Fly Dubai uh, has in a in a in, in a short uh, in a short period since it, since we launched developed quite a strong brand in our market um, and especially with the reinvention of, of the cabin interior and new crew uniform and we've invested a great deal in this brand they're both <coughs> strong brands uh, in their own markets um, but they're both quite different brands and, and, and you know, we have no intention for example to replace what we've developed here with with ice in Emirates in terms of, that's an Emirates product um, we think our product uh, complements that well. Uh, the, the, having the uh, the benefit, I guess, of, of an all-new fleet and, and continually taking new airplanes every two months, this will soon become you know, the standard across our network, and it's a very uh, it's a very, very high-level system. Uh, it, it performs extremely well. It's very responsive um, in terms of content. Capacity is, is, is enormous. <coughs> we make pretty good use of the capacity uh, already. With uh, so 200 movies, about 200 television episodes, about 600 albums of music. Um, so there's no no limitation on what we can do. Um, we want the product to be different to Emirates. If you spend 14 hours on an Emirates flight and come across to us, we don't want to give you the same product offering that you had on that flight, or vice versa. Um, there's certainly opportunity for us to diversify our content more, um, but not necessarily replicate what uh, what's on offer at Emirates. From a passenger point of view, I think that answers your question. From a business point of view, there are opportunities, of course, with this close relationship, to go to, uh, to, to source content um, uh, together, perhaps, and, and, and coordinate that a little better. Um, but, the, but we would maintain our own GUIs, and we would, uh, in a similar way that we might coordinate our, our, our route networks, then there's certainly an opportunity for us to sit with Emirates and, and coordinate what the uh, IFE product might look like. Speaking of that route network, I noticed that on the IFE system, your three language options are English, Russian, and Arabic. Yes. Um, does that reflect the historical or future route aspirations in terms of the languages that are that are being served? Uh, certainly historical. We those have, those have always been the three official languages of Fly Dubai. Um, we it's quite simple. Draw a circle around Dubai, and and you capture. Two and a half billion people, it's about a third of the world's population, lives, live in that circle within reach of Fly Dubai. Um, and the three most commonly spoken languages across that region are English, Arabic, and Russian. Uh, a lot of cities in Russia, CIS, Ukraine, um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of cities in, in Saudi, 11, 12 yeah, cities in Saudi, 13 cities in Saudi, and then of course the rest of the GCC. Um, so. Uh, so Arabic is a no-brainer, English of course, and Russian. 
<clears throat> there are many languages spoken in our network that, that aren't captured by those three, but yeah. it's kind of the 80-20 rule, I guess. And, and uh, the, the GUI is available in those three languages. Um, but content is available in all of these languages. Right, so um, I see, yeah. So... A dozen or so languages there. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we continue to look. We continue to look at the how the root network evolves and whether there's a requirement for uh, additional languages. It's a decision that needs to be made at a corporate level because it, it, it's the website. It's everything, it's everything that that the PR team do, the marketing team, advertising team, um, and and my team. So it's it's a huge exercise to add a language. Um, but it's something that we continue to assess the, the, the requirement for and... and, and uh, um, in terms of the, I guess, the aiming the in-flight product at those key markets, what, is, what aspects of that product have been developed to meet the needs of the Fly Dubai network as opposed to any other regional long-haul carrier? Um, because, I mean, at this point with the Max, you guys are many a long-haul carrier at this point. For, for some of the routes. Yeah, potentially. Again, that's, you know, it's, uh, we try, in the development of the product, we try to be uniquely fly Dubai, um, but at the same time, uh, having a product that can be, that, that can work in this incredibly diverse region in which we operate. Um, so, it's difficult. The easiest way to, to, to meet that, uh, the, to meet the needs of that that demographic is to develop a vanilla product and, and that's not the way Fly Dubai approaches it. So we've tried to be uniquely uniquely Fly Dubai, representative of, of our of our hometown, Dubai of course, um, but sensitive, culturally sensitive I guess to everywhere that we operate. There's no we've we've never said, you know what, we're going to Saudi, we're going to you know, let let's let's change what the way we do things across the network there are certain requirements and regulations that we need to comply with in different places that we operate Saudi's a good example <clears throat> there's no alcohol allowed on Saudi flights so we remove the alcohol from the flights um, uh, and so on uh, the menus generally we, um, we try not to have route specific menus again it comes down to the the economics or provide, be able to provide a, a high level product at a, at a uh, attainable price point if you like um, so we try not to have too many variations of the menu um, you'll never get the same thing in and out uh, if you're flying from, you know, from one place to another um, we do have regions uh, of menus so if you're connecting through you're not going to get the same meal on, uh, on any of the four sectors that you fly um, but we're not going to have different wine offerings on different routes. We're not going to have um, Thai food on Bangkok flights and, and uh, goulash on uh, on our Eastern European um, So yeah, it's about balancing the, the needs of the customer uh, with the economics of providing those products. Ladies and gentlemen, Later in the conversation, Dan and I discussed how the airline keeps its product fresh, particularly with the various tranches of 737 it's taken throughout its history and will take in its future. You know, 
innovation is kind of at the heart of everything we do and, and, and we always seem to be the launch customer for something. And in the case of the Max airplane, we're the launch customer or the regional launch customer for the Max. Um, which meant that uh, I think we ended up receiving the second or third, maybe the third uh, 737 Max from Boeing. So, uh, coupled with that, we uh, uh, somewhat unusually take all of our aircraft from Boeing empty, zero packs, um, and we install the cabin interior ourselves. That's seats, galley, uh, sorry, seats, IFE, um, and connectivity carpets and soft finishing and so on uh, and the, we do that for a number of reasons uh, economically it, it makes a lot of sense to us but it's more um, historically we when we when we decided to to go to uh, when we selected the Lumexis IFE system and Lumexis was not offerable at Boeing so Lumexis is a great example Lumexis was, was um, the, the only system available that could offer every customer allow every customer on the airplane to watch high definition content simultaneously it was a, uh, it was a third of the no, it was, a, it was a half the weight and a third of the cost Panasonic, Talos, Rockwell at the time any of their competitors it was a no brain, fantastic technology um, and, uh, and the future um, but Boeing wouldn't put it on and because we're uh, because we like to always be ahead of the curve in terms of the technology and innovation generally we're not able to get Boeing to do it for us Boeing, there's a bit of lag time there um, and uh, that was the case for Jevon as well um, so we ended up doing the, the Lumexis program post delivery we take the airplane empty install recovery seats and, and Jevon IFE and a 189 sorry a Lumexis IFE and a 189 configuration post delivery then we decided to install business class Business class was a Jevon seat we selected. That was a seat that made the most sense to us. We were the launch customer for that seat. <coughs> uh, it was a whole new kind of concept for Jevon. Jevon right? Komodo, yeah. Um, and, uh, and again, they were not offered by Boeing yet. They were just starting the process. So at that time, Lumexis was starting to become offerable um, at Boeing. So had we continued in an all-economy configuration, then, then that might have, you know, might have been able to do that at Boeing these seats Thompson seats Boeing will uh, Boeing are looking at installing and probably will uh, certainly will maybe later this year even for another customer um, but uh, would not have been able to support our program Zodiac IFE would not have been able to be installed for the maximum so we're always trying to get the latest technology latest seats on the airplane and the sad case is that Boeing are often a couple of generations behind um, same is true of Panasonic IFE, same is true of you know, connectivity, for example. So our, so our direction has been to, to install post-delivery. Um, if we had wanted Global Eagle connectivity installed by Boeing at, on this first 737 MAX 8, then they, they probably would have done it um, as, they had done, as they have done for uh, Southwest. But they wouldn't do the seats, they wouldn't do the IFE. They would do the economy class seat, but not with that IFE. So, connectivity, uh, Boeing uh, require every airline, regardless of what system you're using, to use a Boeing radome. 
um, that's kind of a new thing that they've developed um, so uh, which which could be argued a bit difficult to make a determination on this without all of the data but it could be argued uh, there's more drag on that radome than there is on the GE radome for example um, no one's quite sure on how GoGo are going to install 2KU antennas because they won't fit under the Boeing radome and, and so there's some uh, there are some issues there um, <clears throat> but because we needed to do our connectivity as an STC um, and wouldn't do it at Boeing uh, then it required an STC which requires data airframe data uh, bird strike data all this type of thing and that data just wasn't available because it was a new, new airplane uh, new types of here so um, in the absence of that data we couldn't our, our integrator our, our um, partner at HACO who, who work on our STCs they, they just couldn't develop an STC in the absence of data data is available now the STC is being developed um, and those are the, the first six Macs which have gone into service without connectivity will uh, have the system installed uh, in, uh, it, by, the, uh, by the end of the first half of the year so, so that's it really it's uh, not ideal but we have 61 we have uh, 61 aircraft in the fleet and 51 of them have, have connectivity. The rest are being the rest are either these Max airplanes or a, f a few of our very very first airplanes that are being returned to the lessors soon um, yeah, in, the, in the coming months. So um, so we're quite well covered. And and as much as I would love to have connectivity on today's flight and live TV, yeah, uh, we're not there yet, but we will be soon. It was really refreshing throughout my discussion how open and transparent Dan was around the challenges and opportunities facing Flow Dubai. This really is a little, well, indeed not so little, airline to watch. That's it for today's conversation. We certainly hope you enjoyed it and we're always keen to find out what you think. Please feel free to email me at john at runwaygirlnetwork.com with any suggestions. Thank you to our guest, Dan Kerrison of Flow Dubai. Dan's on LinkedIn and you can follow the airline on Twitter at Flow Dubai. As ever, you can find me on Twitter at ThatJohn and everything from RGN at RunwayGirl and at RunwayGirlNetwork.com. If you're enjoying these conversations, please do leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for listening.